Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. For two of our broadcasts, I promised we would get to more of your calls. Stan was talking about Congress voting on abortion. Has called back. We lost his call a little bit earlier. I want to give you a little bit of opportunity to finish completing your thought. Uh, Take it away, Stan. All right. Well, thank you, Vince. I, I uh, this, basically Congress defeated it and codif- did not codify it. In th- the House actually passed it, two eighteen to eleven. Quayar in Texas voted with the Republicans, but the Senate voted forty six forty eight. Forty eight Democrats voted for it. Forty five Republicans voted against it, with Joe Manchin joining them. So, by in essence, by trying to codify it into law, they're basically admitting that you actually have no constitutional right to an abortion. And it's now back at the states where it belongs. Yeah, what you're seeing here, and I think you've made a great point here, uh, this is being done as a backstop out of desperation because I think they're concerned about the possibility Roe versus Wade gets completely thrown out. And if that happens, they have nothing, Stan, absolutely zero. Well, and, and that's also why they tried to force out Breyer because they know that with the Republican Senate hopefully coming up, that they would never, ever get someone like Ketanji Jackson in, onto the Supreme Court if the Republicans controlled the Senate. Yep, you're probably right about that. Stan, very much appreciate your call and the insight you provided here. And I guarantee you, this is going to be a hot issue for 2022. They're really going to dig in on this abortion issue. I, I don't know what, what to expect out of the court. In a matter of, what, two months? We're going to hear what their decision is, and it's going to be um, quite explosive, no question about that. Dale, uh, I'll give you about a minute or so here. Uh, good morning. Welcome to the broadcast, Dale. Okay, thank you. Yes, sir. Take it away. All right. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, well, what I was going to talk about, everybody's surprised how our government is working. Um, the... Uh, but what we have to realize is that most of our government officials are not American, and they don't care about American. I'm not going to say all of them because we do have some that are good. But a majority of them do not like America, and they want to destroy it. And I don't think that in all actuality, whether Biden's in office or some other doofus is in office, I think we'd still have the same outcome because – He's not controlling anything. It's people behind the scene controlling. Okay. Uh, your perspective is uh, certainly not unusual. A lot of people you know, have the idea that uh, the real controllers are the people who are not elected. I want to uh, jump in quickly to Faith Focus Friday. I want to address a couple of issues. The first is yet another megachurch implosion. And, and some may raise the question, you know, what's the point of talking about this? Well, I want you to be aware of some of the things that are going on, because much of this is hidden. 
Charisma reports on this investigation revealing explosive allegations against former Florida church, a Florida megachurch pastor. Celebration Church, 12,000 member megachurch near Jacksonville, Florida. They did an internal investigation on their founder, Pastor Stovall Weems. Now, I want (laughs) to challenge you to fasten your seatbelts. This is some pretty rough stuff here. Allegations of financial misconduct and fraud, among others. The pastor, by the way, has resigned, denying allegations in a statement, saying, I shall not and cannot be connected to any church in which the leadership abandons the clear biblical principles and scriptural qualifications for governance and oversight. Blah, 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 blah. Now we need to find out what has really happened here. The church painting a different picture about how Weems led the church. Attorneys for the church say they interviewed over 20 current and former senior leadership members, staff, former trustees, other advisors, and consultants. The single word used most frequently to describe Stovall Weems was narcissist. Nearly every witness we interviewed used that specific word. I just want to say right now, some of you within the sound of my voice are in situations where you have a person leading this entity you're calling a church who fits this description, narcissist. Just want to put that out there. Witnesses describe personal abuses under Weems' leadership, saying it had been inconsistent and unbiblical. Since at least 2019, Weems' leadership was marked by rampant spiritual and emotional abuse, including manipulation, a profound sense of self-importance and selfishness, superiority and entitlement, overbearing and unreasonable demands on employees' time, a lack of accountability or humility, and demands of absolute loyalty. The reported stated that Weems instructed an employee to drive to a liquor store late at night to deliver a bottle of bourbon to his house because he did not want to be seen purchasing liquor. (laughs) Another church employee instructed to purchase a car for Weems and deliver it to his home. After the employee delivered the car as demanded, Weems allegedly told the employee to find his own ride home. This blows my mind. It really does. The report says the Weems' compensation, staff, travel, and expense accounts comprise 10% of the church's total revenue. 10%. In a statement, Weems rejected the report's finding as false. Weems and his wife, Carrie, founded the church in Jacksonville in 1998, grew to have multiple campuses around Florida and the world. They said this report is completely concocted by the trustees and their lawyer as a character assassination without real basis. Are you nauseous nauseous yet about this? The charges, they always were untrue and without a hard basis in fact is a thoughtful investigation which showed despite my numerous requests for the usual independent financial audit as reflected in the board minutes, they've not done so. Choosing instead to conduct their own misinformed investigation over months without input from those most informed, I am sure. I just want to put this out there. And we share with you a few weeks ago. You remember we shared how many of these churches are structured? They're businesses. 
with no members. You remember the documentation for that? And this model has been followed all over the world. So this is basically a private enterprise. And many of you, frankly, if you want to be honest about it, you are an audience. That's it. But what's really important about being an audience is you're a paying member of the audience. You're paying to experience one person's greatness. And I'm serious about this thing of narcissism. This is one of the most egregious things that I see being promoted in the church. This whole religious star system. And I, I'm not, please, please do not hear what I'm say, not saying here. But I do not care how dazzling your, your preacher is. I really don't care. I want to know how well you love people and relate and engage people in the community. That's what matters. How you love God, how you love your neighbor. That's what matters, not a show. We have way too much energy put into shows. Second part of our segment coming up. Stay with us. This from Dr. Steve Crosby, and this is absolutely brilliant because I, I think I shared some of this with you, a conversation I had just days ago. Remember what I said before the break about the essence of Christianity? Had a really good conversation with a pastor about this just yesterday evening. And we were discussing, because he's kind of going through some of the same processes that I have been through, in terms of the distilling process of moving away from what would I characterize this as really a system into a more sharply focused attention to relationship relationship with God and with each and with one another those are, that's the essence remember when Jesus said you know that's where the law and the prophets it all hangs on those two things doesn't hang on sermons and worship services and latte bars and many of the other things that we're spending time focusing on. Are we going to sing hymns or choruses? <laughs> Steve Crosby does a great job of getting right to foundations. I want to share this with you. This is a great post. The story begins with two sides of the same coin. Two sides of the same coin. Adam, where are you? It reveals a disdain for God's person. Where is your brother Abel? Disdain for our fellow human. See the theme here? Early on in the narrative, the human narrative? That's the problem in a nutshell. Misdiagnose the problem, present an ineffective cure. Steve says, in all my years in the church, I never heard the salvation message to include any facet of relationship to the human other. The typical gospel appeal is all about offending God and getting right standing with God by asking Jesus into your heart. A phrase without a shred of biblicity. Boy, I know this is going to cause some manifestations among some of you. 
changed. Not a word about humanity. Not a single word. This in spite of the teachings, the ethics of Jesus, and the 1,000-watt amplifier on the matter in John's epistles, especially 1 John. I'd encourage you to read those. Some say Augustine was the first to understand Paul. I think he was the first to misunderstand him. And in my humble opinion, Luther magnified Augustine's misunderstanding. Don't get mad at me. I'm quoting Luther, who said he admitted his doctrine could not be found anywhere in the church fathers, including Augustine, and that before others, himself, Luther, no one ever understood the gospel. Remember what I've said before about arrogance? I'm rejoicing to be alive in the day where some of these things are coming to light to the ordinary person outside of the academy and seminary. And hard questions are being asked among, and more importantly, of ourselves. See, these are the central questions for me. Where are you? What's my relationship to God? Where is your brother? What is my relationship to the people around me? That's the essence of it right there. Love how those things are summed up and summed up very, very well. Love to get your thoughts on these matters if you would like to chime in, if you'd like to join the conversations. Don't be shy. The Ingalls Market Stock Line, 800 928 the Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line. It's 71307. Some of the other interesting things going on in the news. We've talked plenty of times about the bastardization of language. Washington Times has a great story about what Google has done. They have now paused their inclusive language corrections. Yes, I said language corrections. This was a feature they launched this month to correct writers who type what the company deems as politically incorrect words or phrases into its online word processor. The Google Docs assistive writing function proposes gender-neutral alternatives to words like policeman or housewife. In a manner similar to the way that other software services correct spelling and grammar issues. (laughs) So in replacement for what you heard earlier, it would suggest police officers and stay-at-home spouse instead. In an email to the Washington Times, a Google spokesperson said the company was examining concerns that the assistant writing feature could over or undercorrect certain phrases for inclusivity. The spokesperson said we're looking more carefully at the inclusive language suggestions and have paused those for further review while we continue to improve this feature. <laughs> the feature uses artificial intelligence like a thesaurus or spell checker to build algorithms for the suggested writing changes based on millions of common phrases and sentences. So what drives this approach to language? Are you ready for this? I mean, this is so Orwellian, it's, it's frightening. Potentially discriminatory or inappropriate language will be flagged, along with suggestions on how to make your writing more inclusive and appropriate for your audience. Users who typed in flagged content this month received a warning their writing may not be inclusive to all readers or language to that effect. 
and a prompt to change their word choice. The Google Developer Documentation Style Guide, published last year in preparation for this new feature, also warns writers against violent-sounding words like hit (laughs) and problematic (laughs) language that arise from figures of speech and other turns of phrase hurtful to people with intellectual and physical disabilities. Ableist language includes words or phrases such as crazy, insane, blind, or blind eye to, cripple, dumb, and others. Choose alternative words, depending on the context. Kareen Putney, a business consultant of the Maryland-based Etiquette Etiquette, praised Google's effort to make writers more sensitive. To be more inclusive, we must shift to a more cultural sensitivity awareness. Start by seeing the world through the lens of others. I think tech companies are now seeing the shift in a global economy and diversity. Jonathan Zimmerman, a professor in the history of education, University of Pennsylvania, added, It's not censorship if writers can still use their words of choice. Zimmerman says, I don't have a problem with Google making suggestions for alternative words and phrases. The real problem arises when our institutions require them. Believe me, folks, you know this is already happening. But Alan Mendehall, the associate dean of the Sorrell College of Business, Troy University, Alabama, said the new function could run ahead of the normal evaluation and the normal evolution of language in a problematic way. In retrospect... Trendy attempts to conform language to fleeting ideological standards seem ridiculous and silly. Censorship, expurgation, whether by government or private groups, may seem right in the moment, but the future rarely judges them with favor. What do you think about this feature? Do you want to use the inclusive language feature? (laughs) Stay with us. store the gas pump it's all more expensive now than ever for many of us and unfortunately the future doesn't necessarily look too bright for most of us you know the story really has not changed in one sense these are the kinds of things that have gone on throughout human history There are people who are going to prosper. There are people who are not going to do well. That's just reality. Now, we need to take the steps that we can to make sure that we are doing as well as we possibly can. Fox News Channel had a discussion with Jim Lowell, who is connected to Advisor Investments. And he talks about this, about the disparity that's just reality because I think it's important that we do everything necessary to prepare we've had a number of people text in describing what you're doing at home many of you are cutting back costs uh, luxuries that you might have afforded yourself before you're not participating in eating out vacations things of this nature 
Here's what Jim Lowell has to say about the consumer struggle and what is happening in this very, very, um, I guess you can say, uh, uneven atmosphere. Here's Jim Lowell. Oh. I think we still have this here. I can give uh, John a moment here. Okay. Uh, as I this is really in one sense it's not really new, but we need to recognize that uh, this is going to be more of the same. Listen up, here's Jim Lowell. On the consumer, we always say that we focus on what they do, not how they say they feel. Yeah. That said, I think the Fed is hoping that sentiment will in fact begin to tamp down some of the consumer spending. The cost of borrowing going up clearly are going to be a headwind for especially low moderate income consumers. We may have sort of a bifurcated recession going on within our economy where the the top 1%, top even 15% fare pretty well because they can continue to spend their way forward where uh, the majority of U.S. consumers really struggle just to make ends meet in terms of household items that they need. Struggling just to make ends meet. We've had plenty of stories about this, that this is the picture that is emerging for so many just trying to survive going paycheck to paycheck what's going on with your situation is it challenging in the way that has been described here sadly we've got an American who has lost his life in the fighting that's taking place in Ukraine the American in question, American citizen Willie Joseph Cancel, killed along Ukrainian forces in Ukraine. This 22-year-old was working with a private military contracting company. He was killed. The company had sent him to Ukraine. He was being paid while he was fighting there. Cancel is a former U.S. Marine, according to his mother, signed up to work for the private military contracting company on top of his full-time job as a corrections officer in Tennessee shortly before the war in Ukraine broke out at the end of February. When the war started, the company, according to his mother, was searching for contractors to fight in Ukraine and Cancel agreed to go. His mother said he wanted to go over. He believed in what Ukraine was fighting for. He wanted to be a part of it. Contain it there so it didn't come here. Maybe our American soldiers wouldn't have to be involved. Cancel flew to Poland March 12th, crossed into Ukraine sometime around the 12th or 13th of March. The group of men Cancel was fighting alongside were from different countries. But again, a pretty sad story here. The loss of an American fighting in Ukraine. And I know there are people who have different views on this in terms of the wisdom of this. And, you know, the mercenary nature of this. I mean, let's be straightforward about this. This is essentially a private business that has gotten involved in this war. So it's quite interesting to see um, how this story is unfolding. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. I do want to mention this before we go, because I have a feeling um, anytime you have a story that involves sex, it's going to take off. So I may as well mention it. 
I've also reached out to someone with Madison Cawthorn's office. You may recall earlier this week, I encouraged those of you who are Christian believers to pray for Madison Cawthorn. Because I believe this is a troubled young man. Just the other day, he's caught at the airport with a weapon. He was cited for that. Daily Mail now has a story that's pretty damning. It's a story, and I'm just putting this out there because uh, this is going to be uh, a story that's going to generate a feeding frenzy. I guarantee you. Here's the headline from Daily Mail. GOP Representative Madison Cawthorn caught on video with mail scheduler's hand on his crotch as new ethics complaint claims the congressman gave him thousands of dollars in loans and gifts. This video, and I've looked at the video, it shows Cawthorn in a car with his close aide and staffer Stephen Smith. And I don't know if I even want to read these words. Anyway, you get the idea of what is pictured here. Um, It's just one of several exhibits filed in support of the ethics complaint drafted by political group Fire Madison Cawthorn, calling for an investigation into a slew of behavior the group alleges has put Cawthorn firmly on the wrong side of a host of House rules. One of the allegations that Cawthorn provided thousands of dollars and in loans and gifts to this guy, Stephen Smith. So, let the circus begin. Pretty sad situation unfolding for this member of Congress. Here we are, the final stretch of the Vince Coakley Radio Program on this wonderful Friday. Do you have some great weekend plans in store? I certainly hope so. Before we get there, we have eight questions that we're looking at on this day, the 29th day of April. Our good friend John is back with us. Well, howdy, Vince. How are you doing today, man? Doing great today. How about yourself? Doing pretty good. I will attempt to give you some good clues for these questions. I'll do my best. As we begin in 1913, we begin with this question. Gideon Sundback is the name of this guy that I think we greatly appreciate because we use what he patented on this day in 1913 pretty much every day when you put your pants on. Probably if you have a travel bag, you may have one of these on there. Um, I'll give you a hint. You're likely to use it every single time you go to the restroom. Would that be a zipper? A zipper. 1913 is when this was patented. XYZ, that would tell you, (laughs) when you come out of that bathroom sometime. Yeah, exactly. Very, very important. 1929, 
the Cleveland Indians did something really innovative in 1929 because before that time, there was something that was not on uniforms on the back. What is there now? Oh, goodness. Uh, the numbers? The numbers. Hey. Cleveland Indians are very first to do it. In case you didn't know, by the way, they're no longer known as the Indians. They're known as the Guardians. So, mm-hmm. very important to know that. 1931, the opening of the George Washington Bridge. It connects these two states together. What are they? Uh, George uh, Washington Bridge. The G-Dub, the G-Dub. Oh, my goodness. Somewhere I've never been. Let's see. Uh, let's go D.C. and Maryland. Oh, no. Oh. you got to think further north. Okay. New York and New Jersey. Ah, there we go. New York and New Jersey. It's fine. Just one question. I always confuse it with the Verrazano Narrows Bridge or whatever that is. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. 1945, probably the most notorious person of the 20th century. He killed himself on this day in 1945, and I don't think anybody was sorry at all to see him go. Gotta be Hitler. Adolf Hitler is absolutely positively correct. Same era that we're speaking of here. The uh, U.S. Army liberated this concentration camp on this day, 1945. Oh, so I know there are several. I'll just have to guess Dachau. You are absolutely correct. That's the right one. Liberation Day. Can you imagine what that must have been like? Mm-mm. Cannot. For those who had been fortunate to survive. 1975, troops entered the Independence Palace in Saigon, effectively bringing to an end this war that a lot of people believe we never should have engaged. What is it? The Vietnam War? Vietnam War is correct. 1992, riots erupted in L.A. in L.A. following the acquittal of police officers in this trial. What was oh, it? The Rodney King trial. Rodney King is correct. Can't we all just get along? Yeah, I was about to use that oh. phrase, as a matter of fact. And 2004, this memorial, I'll give you a hint by telling you previous questions, should help empower the answer to this question. This memorial opened in Washington, D.C. on this day in 2004. This is a 9 11 memorial? It's actually World War II ah, Memorial. Okay. Remember we had the two World I War II questions? The concentration camp and Hitler earlier. I but get confused okay. easily. <laughs> it's all right. Thank you. It is the end of our questions as we take a look at the day in history. You want to talk about bizarre. Do you have a dog? I do. Yorkie Poo. Yorkie Poo. Yes. This cookie. Cookie's her name. <laughs> okay. Cute, I'm sure. This story is the most bizarre story I've come across involving animals lately. There is a company, a California-based finance company, has agreed to pay more than $9,000, to settle allegations. It was illegally, are you ready for this? Leasing dogs in Massachusetts. Leasing? Yes. Who they were, le- le- they who were leasing animals. Yes, isn't that crazy? Goodness, that's like rent to own. Definitely rent to own. Don't lease. So part of this agreement, Monterey Financial Services will stop collecting on active leases, cancel about $700,000 in outstanding consumer debt 
on 211 dog leases. Wow. About $3,300 owed per lease. And they will transfer full ownership of the dogs to the people who are leasing the dogs. They're also going to pay $175,000 in restitution to consumers and $50,000 to the state. Well, that's I mean, the bright side. I was wondering what's going to happen to the dogs, but that seems to be a... They get to keep the side. dogs. Okay. I just have never imagined in a million years that someone would want to lease a dog. You can go down to the animal shelter and get a dog for next to nothing. And these poor folks, I don't, I don't know if they're getting designer dogs, what kind of dogs they are. They must have been awfully special to... To owe thirty three hundred dollars on a lease Goodness. of a dog, thirty three hundred dollars. That's just insane on so many levels. That is, that is all the time we have for the broadcast today. And again, Johnny, thanks a lot for joining us. Good hey, to have anytime. you with us again. Glad to be here. You are always welcome here. And for you, enjoy the rest of your day and your weekend. Take some time to unplug, relax, and just enjoy yourself. God bless you.